Part three, Propositions twenty six to thirty of the Ethics by Spinoza. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Ethics by Benedict de Spinoza. Translated by R. H. M. Elwes. Part three, Propositions twenty six to thirty. Proposition 26. We endeavour to affirm, concerning that which we hate, everything which we conceive to affect it painfully, and contrariwise, we endeavour to deny, concerning it, everything which we conceive to affect it pleasurably. Proof. This proposition follows from Part 3, Proposition 23, as the foregoing proposition followed from Part 3, Proposition 21. Note. Thus we see that it may readily happen that a man may easily think too highly of himself or a loved object, and contrariwise, too meanly of a hated object. This feeling is called pride in reference to the man who thinks too highly of himself, and is a species of madness, wherein a man dreams with his eyes open, thinking that he can accomplish all things that fall within the scope of his conception, and thereupon accounting them real and exulting in them, so long as he is unable to conceive anything which excludes their existence, and determines his own power of action. Pride, therefore, is pleasure springing from a man thinking too highly of himself. Again, the pleasure which arises from a man thinking too highly of another is called over-esteem, whereas the pleasure which arises from thinking too little of a man is called disdain. Proposition 27 by the very fact that we conceive a thing which is like ourselves, and which we have not regarded with any emotion, to be affected with any emotion, we are ourselves affected with a like emotion, affected. Proof. The images of things are modifications of the human body, whereof the ideas represent external bodies as present to us. Part 2, Proposition 17. In other words, Part 2, Proposition 10 whereof the ideas involve the nature of our body, and at the same time, the nature of the external bodies as present. If, therefore, the nature of the external body be similar to the nature of our body, then the idea which we form of the external body will involve a modification of our own body, similar to the modification of the external body. Consequently, if we conceive anyone similar to ourselves as affected by any emotion, this conception will express a modification of our body similar to that emotion. Thus, from the fact of conceiving a thing like ourselves to be affected with any emotion, we are ourselves affected with a like emotion. If, however, we hate the said thing like ourselves, we shall, to that extent, be affected by a contrary and not similar emotion. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note 1. This imitation of emotions, when it is referred to pain, is called compassion. CF Part 3 Proposition 22 Note When it is referred to desire, it is called emulation, which is nothing else but the desire of anything, endangered in us by the fact that we conceive that others have the like desire. Corollary 1 If we conceive that anyone, whom we have hitherto regarded with no emotion, pleasurably affects something similar to ourselves, we shall be affected with love towards him. If, on the other hand, we conceive that he painfully affects the same, 
we shall be affected with hatred towards him. Proof. This is proved from the last proposition in the same manner as part 3, proposition 22, is proved from part 3, proposition 21. Corollary 2. We cannot hate a thing which we pity, because its misery affects us painfully. Proof. If we could hate it for this reason, we should rejoice in its pain, which is contrary to the hypothesis. Corollary 3. We seek to free from misery, as far as we can, a thing which we pity. Proof. That which painfully affects the object of our pity affects us also with similar pain, by the foregoing proposition. Therefore, we shall endeavour to recall everything which removes its existence, or which destroys it. CF Part 3, Proposition 13. In other words, Part 3, Proposition 9, Note, we shall desire to destroy it, or we shall be determined for its destruction. Thus, we shall endeavour to free from misery a thing which we pity. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note 2. This will or appetite for doing good, which arises from pity of the thing whereon we would confer a benefit, is called benevolence and is nothing else but desire arising from compassion. Concerning love or hate towards him who has done good or harm to something, which we conceive to be like ourselves, see Part 3, Proposition 22, Note. Proposition 28. We endeavour to bring about whatsoever we conceive to conduce to pleasure, but we endeavour to remove or destroy whatsoever we conceive to be truly repugnant thereto, or to conduce pain. Proof. We endeavour, as far as possible, to conceive that which we imagine to conduce to pleasure, Part 3, Proposition 12. In other words, Part 2, Proposition 17, we shall endeavour to conceive it as far as possible as present or actually existing. But the endeavour of the mind, or the mind's power of thought, is equal to, and simultaneous with, the endeavour of the body, or the body's power of action. This is clear from Part 2, Proposition 7, Corollary, and Part 2, Proposition 11, Corollary. Therefore, we make an absolute endeavour for its existence, in other words, which by Part 3, Proposition 9, Note, come to the same thing, we desire and strive for it. This was our first point. Again, if we conceive that something, which we believe to be the cause of pain, that is, Part 3, Proposition 13, Note, which we hate, is destroyed, we shall rejoice. Part 3, Proposition 20. We shall therefore, by the first part of this proof, endeavour to destroy the same, or, Part 3, Proposition 13, to remove it from us, so that we may not regard it as present. This was our second point. Wherefore, whatsoever conduces to pleasure, etc., quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 29. We shall also endeavour to do whatsoever we conserve men. Footnote 6. By men in this and the following propositions, I mean men whom we regard without any particular emotion. End of footnote 6. To regard with pleasure, and contrariwise we shall shrink from doing that which we conceive men to shrink from. Proof. From the fact of imagining that men love or hate anything, we shall love or hate the same thing. Part 3, Proposition 27, that is, Part 3, Proposition 13, Note, from this mere fact we shall feel pleasure or pain at the thing's presence. 
and so we shall endeavour to do whatsoever we conceive men to love or regard with pleasure, etc. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note. This endeavour to do a thing, or leave it undone, solely in order to please men, we call ambition, especially when we so eagerly endeavour to please the vulgar, that we do or omit certain things to our own or another's hurt. In other cases it is generally called kindliness. Furthermore, I give the name of praise to the pleasure with which we conceive the action of another, whereby he has endeavoured to please us, but of blame to the pain wherewith we feel aversion to his action. Proposition 30. If anyone has done something which he conceives as affecting other men pleasurably, he will be affected by pleasure, accompanied by the idea of himself as cause. In other words, he will regard himself with pleasure. On the other hand, if he has done anything which he conceives as affecting others painfully, he will regard himself with pain. Proof. He who conceives that he affects others with pleasure or pain will, by that very fact, himself be affected with pleasure or pain. Part 3. Proposition 27. But as a man, part 2. Proposition 19 and 23, is conscious of himself through the modifications whereby he is determined to action, it follows that he who conceives that he affects others pleasurably will be affected with pleasure accompanied by the idea of himself as cause. In other words, he will regard himself with pleasure. And so mutatis mutandis in the case of pain. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note. As love, part 3, proposition 13, is pleasure accompanied by the idea of an external cause, and hatred is pain accompanied by the idea of an external cause, the pleasure and pain in question will be a species of love and hatred. But, as the terms love and hatred are used in reference to external objects, we will employ other names for the emotions now under discussion. Pleasure accompanied by the idea of an external cause, footnote 7, we will style honour. Footnote 7. So van Vloten and Bruder. The Dutch version and Camera read an internal cause. Honour equals Gloria. And the emotion contrary thereto we will style shame. I mean in such cases as where pleasure or pain arises from a man's belief that he is being praised or blamed. Otherwise pleasure accompanied by the idea of an external cause is called self-complacency, and its contrary pain is called repentance. Again, as it may happen, part 2, proposition 27, corollary, that the pleasure wherewith a man conceives that he affects others may exist solely in his own imagination, and as, part 3, proposition 25, everyone endeavours to conceive concerning himself that which he conceives will affect him with pleasure, it may easily come to pass that a vain man be proud and may imagine that he is pleasing to all, when in reality he may be an annoyance to all. End of part 3, propositions 26 to 30.